At Dr. Dish Basketball, we're creating basketball shooting machines that accelerate player performance. With features like on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball is the number one source for basketball training. Whether you're training in your driveway, running a practice, or developing a workout program, we have the most innovative training solutions to help your players practice like they play. And just for listening to this podcast, you qualify for an exclusive discount. Just mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. Again, that number is 952-873-2633. And remember, be better every day. Dr. Dish Basketball's Virtual Camp 2.0 is now live. Our camp features drills and workouts from pro players, coaches, and trainers like Byron Scott, Quincy Pondexter, and four-time WNBA champ Lindsey Whalen. And though we're known for our shooting machines, the camp also features ball handling, agility, and conditioning drills to help athletes of all ages round out their game. A shooting machine is not required for this camp, but if you own or have access to a Dr. Dish CT or Dr. Dish Home, you can follow along with our pre-built program and track your progress and your stats. Sign up today to gain access to the Virtual Camp 2.0 featured drills and workouts by visiting drdishbasketball.com slash virtualcamp2021. That's drdishbasketball.com slash virtual-camp-2021. Welcome to the Championship Vision Podcast. The Championship Vision Podcast is about coaches impacting coaches. We believe that coach mentoring is an essential part of coaches getting better at their craft in our profession. We bring in the best high school basketball coaches in the country to share their vision on what it takes to run a successful basketball program. So stay tuned for another edition of the Championship Vision Podcast with your host, Coach Kevin Furtado, the head girls basketball coach at Walnut Grove High School in Loganville, Georgia. Coaches, welcome back to the uh, Championship Vision Podcast. Coach Kevin Furtado. Um, this is episode 249, Coach Zorn. So, yeah, I mean, you should – I mean, it's getting up there in episodes. You probably listened to probably quite a few of these. Already. Yep. I'm excited to have Coach Zorn. He's really a legend out here in, in Loganville. And this area, he's built such a great program. Uh, Coach Zorn, um, hey, Give us a little bio of uh, what you, uh, how you kind of got into coaching and um, where you're at now, and uh, just kind of talk talk about yourself a little bit, Coach. So, what mm-hmm. thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. Uh, well, I'm you know I'm just a country boy from South Alabama, and uh, and you know I lived on the Alabama Florida line, and um, I, I love basketball. Uh, I was much better at football. I've been a heavy set guy my whole life, and I was I was pretty good for a big boy, but I had a hard time getting up and down the floor. And uh, so, you know, by the time I got to high school, my minutes were limited. But I was the guy sitting next to the coach, helping him. And uh, and uh, I made my way from there. You know, my as I was there, I grew up. My next door neighbor was a state championship basketball coach in Florida, and uh, and I spent a lot of time at his practices. My uncle was a state basketball coach in Florida. They were both girls coaches and I had two division one uh, cousins that were girls that came from that Northwest Florida area. So I, I kind of fell in love with girls basketball when I was young and that kind of, uh, you know, that's kind of what led me to getting into, getting into uh, basketball. 
So you had a lot of mentors growing up and so forth. And that's interesting you say that because girls basketball, there's a lot of coaches out there that, you know, will, will not coach girls basketball. But why was it, first of all, talk about the mentors that had an influence on you and why, why does coaching girls, uh, why does that, why do you connect with that? You know, I feel like I can coach any. I can I can coach girls. I can coach boys. I, I feel like with the girls game, it's more of a they're going to do exactly what you ask them to do. Sometimes to a fault, uh, you know. Sometimes that can be a bad thing because they don't that if it doesn't work out the way you tell them, then then uh, then it can go the wrong way real quick. But uh, as far as my my mentors, you know. Tommy Pittman that there in Paxson High School down in Florida, um, I would spend a lot of time. He goes to my church growing up. And again, I, when I'm talking about small town, I'm talking about uh, I graduated with 50 people. And uh, and so, you know, we were everybody knew everybody. And uh, so, you know, we had a WNBA player from from that town. It was she's two years older than me. And uh, and so. We had Pat Summit coming in the gym down there, then North, you know, this little one A school, and so, uh, he, and he always opened his practices to me because I was best friends with his son. So, uh, really got a lot of experience with, you know, experience with that. Absolutely. Um, hey, some hey, there, some of the best athletes come from small towns. What what kind of small town do you grow up in? I love small towns. I think some. I think it's community. I think everybody's kind of bought in. Uh, why is small town so effective in building uh, a sports program and building great great players? I think that I think the good ones, because I, I had a because I had a unique position where I actually went to the school in Alabama. I didn't go to the school in Florida that was really good in girls basketball. Okay. And the schools in in Alabama was not good, and you could see the difference is the school in Florida when they were in kindergarten, first, second grade, and PE. They going they gonna get some basketball in, and they they're getting them started early. Whereas that was not the uh, that was not the case. Uh, that was not the, you know, that wasn't their focus over there at the the schools in Alabama. Absolutely, and, and let's go right into that because I know you do a great job with your feeder program. Something that, um, you know, we're planning on doing out here. Kind of, you know, uh, you have led the way out here in this area in Walton County on developing really a strong feeder program. Talk about that a little bit and what you're doing with that coach. We talked a little bit about that on the phone one day, but talk about talk about the importance of a feeder program is. You know, I, I think that that's the that's the whole key to the success that you have a chance to have. And Coach Stringer that passed away a couple of years ago, who was a legend here and was the athletic director and football coach, um, he always said on those lean years when you don't when you don't have the athletes. The what's going to pull you through is how you treat the kids and those feeder programs where you've developed those kids that aren't the best athletes. Sure. And, I, and I think that's where girls basketball is unique, whereas boys, that's not always the case, you know, uh, but girls, you can kind of cut that, you know, talent edge with effort and that kind of thing. Um, and I was, when I, you know, when I first moved here, Coach Seegers, who's our baseball coach, uh, now our athletic director, he's, best baseball coach in the state of Georgia, in my opinion. And uh, his oldest daughter played for me. And he was, uh, you know, he tried to push me then to start the feeder. And I just couldn't do it. I was, I was, I was young and I, you know, just gotten married. And, and my wife coached softball. And, and 
it just I just didn't have the time. I knew how important it was, and I saw that's why, you know, that's why they had the success they had in baseball was because of the feeder that he had he had built. But um, I wasn't able to really get it going until my daughters got old enough, and so that's where I was able to start this thing a couple years ago. Uh, once I once I realized, hey, we're going to do this, I moved them over to Walton County I'm from Gwinnett and moved them here with me because my wife teaches in Gwinnett, and uh, and that's been that's been huge. And and I'm really looking forward to in a couple of years those kids that have uh, I've 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 been molding since they were in third grade, or you know, from, are going to be playing for me because at this point the ones that are in sixth grade have been playing for me since they were in the fourth grade and and it's everyone really for the next five years should be like that how are you putting together your how do you select coaches we all know like there's certain parents that we don't want to have coach our kids right. uh, what's your process out there in loganville because we're we're in the process now of putting that together uh what do you look for as far as, as far as coaches I, I think the number one the biggest thing for me fortunately i've been here long enough that I got that a lot of former players that are now at that age in life and are trying to do something. And I was coaching them was that was the big that was the was the biggest thing was because it was my kids. I was coaching them and I needed help. So I got my former players to come in there with me and to help coach. So I think alumni is a big, you know, a big part of it for those that are in college and looking for something to do, looking to go into PE and that kind of stuff. Um, and then, uh, and then through that, I've kind of been able to identify the ones coming up now by talking to teachers at, at the school and find out, hey, what uh, you know, what, what grade your daughter in? And 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 through that, I've been able to build relationships. Our third grade team this year is going to be coached by some of my teachers here, people that I trust. That's a good point. Trust, trust is a big thing, right there. Yeah. Because uh, you want you want to get people in there that are going to teach. Number one, they're going to teach the game the proper, the fundamentals, and so forth. You don't want to have, you know, ninth and tenth graders coming into your program that can't, you know, can't shoot a left-hand layup. Okay, we've all been there. Um, hey, our topic today, Coach, uh, I want you to share with us. You have developed a lot of kids to play at the next level. I, I want you to go into that, and uh, I know you, I know you're very prideful about that and what you have done. Talk about that on kind of the philosophy behind that and the process of how you're developing players to play at the next level. Well, to me, this, you know, this is, this is something that I do take pride in and it's something that, that I feel passionate about because I was that kid uh, that was graduating from a small school that graduated high school and I didn't have anywhere to go play football. And back then there wasn't as many schools as there are now, but I ended up having to leave high school go to college a year and then fortunately my preacher at the time took me to visit Bellhaven College over in, in Mississippi and I ended up going from there and that kind of set the tone for my whole coaching career uh, was by doing that I ended up being a graduate assistant and getting a master's and I think that uh, the fact that I didn't have those opportunities that I felt like there were more opportunities there that just not necessarily that maybe my coach didn't understand or they just had too much on their plate at the time to do that, that I've always been passionate about getting the kids into school and getting them the opportunities to go to college. Cause I know how much the difference my preacher taking me up there made in, uh, in my, you know, in my whole life. And so I try to, I try to do what I do for recruiting for our, 
boys team. I'd help the volleyball girls. I'd help everybody. Uh, you know, the first part of that, the first part of that process is getting getting some uh, film on the girls, and then uh, and then, uh, like I said, I taught myself how to make highlight videos, and uh, and how to put the you know music on there because they like it. I don't think the college coaches care one way or the other, but. Uh, so, but I, you know, that was that it. And then I, me and Coach Lesniak, uh, who's now the athletic director at Peachtree Ridge, he used to be the girls coach at Archer. We're real good friends. We were next door neighbors. And we kind of collaborated on, we, we created a list that we pretty much got every college in America on there, D1, D2, D3, and AI, all the way through. And, uh, and I, I send out emails on my kids. I start them. My I start them in the eighth grade. I'm sending out uh, the ones that I know can play at that level because I feel like that's also going to help me keep those kids because these county schools want to. You know, a lot of those uh, when county schools are losing kids back and forth, and I think that's one of the things that's helped me retain the ones that I've had that have ended up going to the bigger schools was they knew I was pushing them out there because I started doing it so young. Yeah, and they appreciate that. I mean. Um, uh, I don't think that's done enough, Coach. I don't think that that's a lot of extra time on your part, but it's time well spent, right? And I think the parents, I'm sure their parents really appreciate you taking that extra time. Uh, now, I think talk about everybody thinks everybody's recruited from the travel teams. I don't think that's true. I think the high school coach is very important like yourself. I think it's more important that a high school coach gives a recommendation at, than a travel coach possibly. I know there's good travel coaches out there. What's your philosophy on that? And I, here's here's what I think is the, the biggest thing with that. The colleges are at the travel tournaments, mm -hmm. but they're not watching everybody. They're, they're, they already know their targets that they're going to watch. They're not out there looking for new players. They've already identified a lot of them. A lot of them have already identified the players they're going to watch. And that's where my job comes in because I'm the one that gets them on their recruiting list ahead of time because I send out I send out this stuff and they and I send out their travel schedules to the to the college coaches and let them know, hey, my players going to be playing here. So even the ones that didn't play on the premier travel teams, there's only there's only one or two courts that all the college coaches are at. There's 50 other courts where there's no college coaches. There's nobody at. Yeah, right. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> that. Uh, but, hey, we can have a whole nother podcast on the, on travel ball. I mean, yeah, absolutely. Making some money out there. I don't know what it is, but um, I think it's good and bad. I think there's some really good coaches. I think kids need to be in the gym more practicing on your skills and playing, but that's, I'm sure you feel the same way too. Um, hey, give an example of some of the kids that have played for you that have gone on to some really good schools, but also talk about a kid that maybe you didn't think could play at the next level that maybe developed, maybe played at a D3 NAI type school. Yeah, I was, uh, I was looking at it earlier. I think I've had 12 girls. I've been here 11 years. I've had 12 girls that have moved on, uh, uh, moved on to play at the next level, um, and I'm trying to think of of one that I that I didn't think I, I felt like they could play at that level because I, because honestly, if and this is from because I was a college coach, this is what I'm able to tell them if they want to go play in college, they can play in college. Uh, you know, if you pay the money, you can go play at a D three. 
it's it's all you know because you're just paying to play that's what i did right. you know you're not getting scholarship money uh you know and uh if you want to have success and and doing you know get to play then then you don't have to work but um you know i had um this past season i had janae charles um some preview um she's excited about that she had multiple division one offers a lot of d2 offers um my first division one player this here's one here's one and so i had a five eight post player five nine post player I started coaching her in the seventh grade on the feeder team. My first year I ever moved to Logan. I did do it the first year. And I started coaching those kids. And she was super athletic, but she was terrible. I'm talking about she she traveled every time she touched the ball. But I could see that I could see that fast twitch fiber in her, but she was just so all over the place. And I worked with her that seventh grade year, and she really you could see a little bit of growth. In the eighth grade, a little bit of growth, you know, she got to me at the high school and the first year she didn't, she didn't, like she was getting better, but she, she didn't put the time in the off season um, as far as, and, and before, you know, before school and after school workouts, but there was a really talented class behind her that was coming in. And when they came in, she, uh, and so she saw them working, she started working. And when she couldn't, when she worked, she was the hardest worker I'd ever seen. But they was getting her to show up. Sometimes we had to get somebody to go get her, sure. and because she had a hard time getting here. And uh, but she was, you know, she ended up being the first time she made all state. She did it coming off the bench as a junior, uh, and the kid that bought into, hey, this is the role I need to play because she was getting foul trouble so much. I had to bring her off the bench to keep her because if not, she'd get in foul trouble in the first 30, you know, the first two minutes of the game and I wouldn't have her for the rest of the game. So I had to, she was better at looking at it first and then coming in. And then by the time she got to be a senior, she was dominant, you know, holding held all the rebounding records here as a five, nine post. And I got to watch her. She signed a vision one with South Carolina state and there's not many five, nine posts out there. And I didn't see I didn't sell them a bill of goods. Like I didn't trick them uh, the college. Uh, I told them exactly what she was and exactly who she was. And I felt like she should have probably went and played division two, but her dream was to play division one. And that's what she wanted to do. And so all I could do was I knew she could play at that level now. And I told the college head how good she gets depends on how much you want to develop her. Cause she could be a guard. And, uh, and we pushed her out there and she did it. Was there for a year, had a good year. But originally, then they realized she was a five-nine post, and uh, so they ended up pulling the scholarship, and she went to a Division Two. Where did you go? Went to Division Two, and ended up being a conference player of the year, you know, at a Division Two, which I thought was the right level for an undersized post, uh, you know, to do that. So uh, that was, yeah. I mean, that's. But you know what? What's funny is a lot of coaches would say would uh, not invest the time into her and say, hey, you know what? She's not very good at a certain age um, that, you know, you, you always thought along, you know, you always thought that she would develop into this player um, because a lot of times kids just kind of, they get lost, right? Absolutely. Later, but coaches kind of forget about them and so forth. So that that's, that's a lot of credit to you on staying with her. Um, but I'm not sure how many coaches do you got to really invest into your players. Correct. Yes, sir. You know, and it, 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 I love them and, you know, they know that and I make sure they know that. But, 
like I said, it, it, it's a lot of credit the fact that she had an unbelievable work ethic that made a that made a huge difference. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Coach, talk about uh, fit. Like you mentioned, a good point. She played. She went D one, then she went D two. I have a girl that Destiny McClendon, who was a was a really good guard for me last year at Lake Oconee Academy. Um, she's playing. Um, uh, she went to uh, Tennessee Chattanooga, and uh, now it's Division One. Um, and you know, hey, they they did a great job recruiting her and so forth on that. Um, we, I feel it's a good fit. She does too, as well. But you don't know until they actually get into and start playing games and right. years. Uh, how do you know if it's a good fit for a school? That's that's probably the toughest thing for coaches and parents and players. Yeah, you know, as far as as far as what level they go at. Uh, to me, I think in the end that goes all all comes down into how well they score it and how well they defend, and uh, whether they can do that thing. And then, uh, you know, after that, it's going to be work ethic and all that other stuff. But you know, the, the colleges are looking at the height thing, and that's going to be the first thing they look at. But I've had tall players that can't score, and they're not going big time level. And uh, and you know, and I, and I think the fit. Oh, I had one this year that uh, I was super fortunate moved in here, uh, Rose Bone, and I, I'm telling you, she's a Division One player. But she liked the Division Two that she had went and uh, visited. And I told I told my and them, I said, "Here's the thing, y'all are loving this school." I said, "I'm 99% sure if I can, by the end of the year when she's playing for me, she will have Division One offers because I've never." because she's that she she was that good and i knew that and i said but like you need to decide what you're looking for because the piece of paper you're going to get is going to be the same at the division one or it's going to be the same at the division two if you're going for free to either one of them it's more about where you best best fit and you're not going to the WNBA. if you're not going to the WNBA, it don't matter what kind of level you're playing at yeah yeah, you get your education paid for. You have a great experience. Uh, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think Division Two and NEI is probably the best routes for a lot of kids on that. And there's some kids that will surprise you, right? Which is one kid that kind of surprised you? Maybe you thought was D2 that ended up being maybe a Division One player. Uh, I, I didn't have any necessarily for me. I've seen some other ones, uh, some other ones over the years that that it's happened to at other schools but i like i said i don't know uh i don't know any that well i well i, I can i can say the uh i you know it's amazing how much they grow i can remember when olivia nelson adota was at winder and i mean she was the ended up going to yukon but but when she was a freshman when she was a freshman in high school she was really good but i had a short stocky five seven soccer player shut her down uh, you know and and uh and so at the time i'm thinking well she can't be that good but you know those colleges do see that development piece and they do see she developed through high school and even more on when she got at uconn where she's you know phenomenal now and they could see that that when they when they have the frame and they have the work ethic and the fundamentals if if then they really can bring the rest up at a lot of times. Yeah, they might not have the results. They might not be scoring, you know, 21 points a game or whatever, but they can, they can project. They can see the great attitude, 
the great work ethic, how she interacts with teammates, all those things. I think nowadays, Coach, don't you agree? I think how you – all those intangibles I think are just as important. I guess they call them soft skills are just as important as, you know, whether you can handle with a left or right hand. Absolutely. Absolutely. I think you figure it out. I, the first one I had here that went to play at college, Anisha Donnelly, she had Division One offer. She ended up playing at Georgia College for four years and being a great player. Uh, but, I mean, she, she was dominant for me using just a right hand. She could I've never seen somebody could spin move with her right hand and uh, and not ever touch it with her left and still score. And uh, and the, the fact that she, she was that gritty makes a difference. Yeah, I totally agree. Hey, Coach, let's talk about Loganville basketball really quick. Talk about uh, – I always try to kind of dive in a little bit. I know, I know we're not going to spend too much time, but talk about your system at Loganville. What are you What are you really prideful for on your offense and defense? Well, I always tell the, I always tell the girls um, that we're going to be a lead on defense, uh, you know. And, you know, we play a lot of different defenses, but the effort that we play with – is is going to be the difference that makes us different than everybody else that it, we play a lot of zone defenses but we're not gonna we're not gonna slide you know a lot of i watch these boys teams play all the time and they slide to this spot and slide to that spot and we don't slide in our zone defense we're 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 running to get to where we're going and uh we're you know we're working hard to do it and you know we're going to trap we're going to throw a lot of defenses at people uh, and offensively you know we're going to execute our sets to perfection, and we're going to we're going to you know I take a lot of pride in my baseline out bounds offense and defense because I feel like that's an area where I've, I had to do that over the years because I wasn't as talented, and so I had to steal points somewhere, and I found that with somewhere I could steal points, and I you know a lot of games a lot of games I, I've had a lot of games where I can swing at ten points from baseline out bounds offense and defense, and uh, and. We'll get a lot of lot of lot of buckets and and the other team doesn't. It makes it makes a difference when you don't have somebody that can bring the ball up the floor to get into a to get into an offense. Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, are you? Um, I know what I'm going to ask you why you go multiple defense because I, I I enjoy that as well. Um, is it because you're you're forcing kids that you're forcing the point guards, the people that really make tough decisions out there? Because most kids are not really great decision makers, particularly on the girl side. And I think, you know, two things lead to it. Number one, you know, I coached football for about 10 years and I was an offensive line coach. And the hardest thing for me to play against was those those different fronts when they were they were switching fronts up on me and stemming and going at the last second. Uh, that and the fact that I'm – I think that I've, I'm ADD, uh, that it's hard for me to play just one thing. Like, I can't sit there and just watch people score against something. And it's been I've, – I've coached under guys – that in boys basketball that it was frustrating because they just wanted to stay in man and they just want that's all they wanted to do and that we just gonna keep letting them score and uh i don't have it in me and i could not say nothing to them <laughs> that's a great point i'm not going to mention names though but yeah i mean i've seen it where they were out man and they kept playing man-to-man defense it's like all right hey just teach a good solid matchup zone contain yeah. zone. Yeah, i mean you but I think pride gets in a way of coaches. I think everybody thinks man-to-man is – if you play man-to-man, that's what good coaches do. No, no. You're, you got to put your players in the best position to win. <laughs> it's not winning. Absolutely. Absolutely. 
Um, but um, hey, talk about hey, kind of break down a little bit on that. Do you have what? What's kind of your goal on the defensive end? Are you trying to really just kind of cause, cause chaos, uh, take out the other team's best player? What, what are you all trying to do? I'm trying to keep them from scoring, and that's that's what that's what we've had a lot of success against. So we've went against some of the best teams in the in the state, uh, and four or five times over my career, we had them to their lowest total in three or four years, and and just trying to take away what they like to do, mm-hmm. and take take away their strength, you know, and and force them to uh, be uncomfortable. And uh, if they can't shoot, we're gonna make them shoot. Right. If they, if they, you know, if they can go by you, we're gonna keep them in front of us. And uh, you know, if they, if they, if they can shoot, we're gonna. But they can't dribble. We're gonna come out there and put pressure on you, make you put it on the floor. If you can't use your left, we're gonna make you use your left. And uh, if they can't make an overhead pass, we're gonna make you do that. Yeah, it's gonna take a team that's really sound to to try to beat you guys. I know that. Um... And uh, but there's not a lot of great sound team. Not everybody's a Buford that has all. But you know what? What Gene has always told me, he says, Coach, it's not what we do. It's it's how we do it. Our, and he puts a lot of time into player development, things like that. You guys are doing the same, right? Yeah, we, we, we try to put a lot of time in the player development. Uh, and uh, I mean, honestly, I have a hard time here when they get in high school, getting them to show up and like I said, I'm not going to hide it. I, I'm, it was just might be the reason I got to do so much, many different defenses and everything else because, you know, here in Walton County, they, they want us to share them with other sports where they keep adding sports. And, uh, and so I'm limited on numbers on what I can get. And, uh, and I'm limited on gym space. So to get them in the morning or the afternoon, you know, there's only limited – Points, you got to be creative. We, I've done the workouts, you know, uh, and that was again. This was one of the best things I found about bringing them in to do the do the work in the off season was when I had those college kids, those kids that can go play in college. Well, I invite all those colleges to 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 come watch our workouts, and uh, and so when I'm inviting the colleges to come watch them work out, they tend to show up and put the work in. <laughs> Even if they're even if they're playing another sport, we we were doing it at six o'clock in the morning, and you know we've had we've had as many as. 15 college coaches in the gym, you know, watching watching a workout on, on some years. And uh, that 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 is a huge deal. But I think the commitment during the summer has been real, always been really good here. I feel like the, the parents, for the most part, um, have have bought into that. And that's that's key because, I you know, I, I really don't if they don't show up in the summer. They don't typically play for me. They don't you know, they're not they're not far enough. It's not that they won't, but. They they're too far behind by the time that it starts, you know that uh, that they're they're just too far behind. But you know, here's one thing that they are all really good about here is I can, that has been successful. I can have them in a PE class together in weight training, and or or with somebody in there that can work with them on you know, basketball stuff, so a, a, a PE teacher can work with the whole class on, on, on basketball and let them shoot and do those things. So a lot of times we can get development going uh, through that because I think the weightlifting piece is a big part of it. Oh, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. And that's one thing that's one of our high priorities 
out here and so forth in our fall workouts. Um, you know, we got to get our kids stronger because I noticed the games we did lose and this summer, the other team was just bigger, stronger than us. Um, right. And uh, but we do have we do have a good we do have a good group coming in and so forth. So I'm excited about that. But we have a lot of work we got to do uh, just to compete with the Logan Bills. I mean, so it's going to be challenging. Making a lot of noise out there. <laughs> Everybody's probably going, "Why is the Walnut Grove coach talking to Loganville coach?" Hey, I'm about man. I'm I'm about learning, and getting better. Uh, and, and let's kind of get into that a little bit. I think coaches. I mean, I wouldn't mind having all our, all the you know six or seven coaches just come together and just, hey, what do you do? What do you do that's really good? I'm about learning the game. What about you? I would ab absolutely. Uh, you know, I, I think number one, the best way to do it is to do do like that. Uh, you know, is get with people and come in and talk to them and find what they do. I, and that's you know, that that's all part of it. I go to clinics and do that, but things like. Look, I played Gene over at Buford in my region for four years, and he whipped me so many times that, uh, you know, and he was so good about sharing stuff. And I finally got over there and found out what he did. And that was a big part of our run last year was, you know, we were we were running aspects of that Buford press. And, uh, and that was, um, you know, that was – I thought that was big for us. Yeah, one two two press that he runs, man, is unbelievable. And, of course, he has long athletes. He has, you know yeah. – well, you know, he also has kids that are not great athletes. People forget about that. He just doesn't have all a bunch of superstars. He has a lot of kids that have been developed. I'm sure, just like your program. Yeah, absolutely. He, uh, and that's what I told him. I told him that uh, I believe it was last year or the year before. I can't remember, but they, uh, I played against them when they were had a lot of talent. But he didn't have more talent than I did. And uh, but they were, you know. Yeah. They were trained up in that system for so long, and they were so good at it, and they were so fundamental that uh, it made a huge – I mean, it makes a huge difference. He's one of the best in the state, and uh, and he's done a tremendous job with them. Yeah, absolutely. That's where his feeder his feeder program, what they do out there in Gwinnett, is unbelievable. Um, uh, that goes back to, you know, the feeder program of player development. Um, Coach, before we go, talk about your practices. Give us two or three drills that you guys do that – you know, another coach listening would uh, love to have. Well, let's see. Here's here's one from over the years that uh, that I had to, that that I pulled out. I I hadn't done it as much lately, but I felt like it was a it was a unique one. Was uh, when we'd run our sets. You know, you're in that part of practice where you want to work on running your sets. Um, well, we would sit there and. Uh, run our plays in about five minutes, seven minutes. The girls are disengaged with that if you're just trying to do something like that. And I also had issues with uh, – I also had issues with us getting back in on defense all the time. You know, sometimes you don't want to get back. So I basically turned our – you know, and, you know, everybody's doing three-on-two at their practice. So I turned I turned our uh, – I turned our um, sets – to at the end of it, they got to you know every time we've got to sprint, we got to sprint and call who's who's back. We're sending two back, and then they're three on two the other way, mm -hmm. and then they'll they'll run a set and bring it back, and then the next five will go and do the same thing. And uh, you know I felt like that's that's been beneficial for us. Um, I'm trying to think of just other things right off the right off the bat. That's that's the area that I probably struggle with with my ADD. 
but I, so I really, I know that's one of my weaknesses. So I work really hard at it is, is the practice planning. And, uh, I'm fortunate we've got a really good boys coach here that it's like watching a coaching clinic every time I walk in the gym so I can pick up stuff and, uh, and, and go with that. Um, I'm trying to think well, something I thought was, was, uh, good last year that one of my assistants, uh, coach Scott brought, uh, that we started doing there towards the playoffs was, we go to our zone. Uh, and we go to our zone offense. We put not put five minutes on the clock, or or no, we put two minutes on the clock, and we'd say, "You got to score ten times in two minutes, right here. Score, get it back out. Score, get it back out, and just to work up because if not, you'll go slow in your offensive sets when you're practicing, and uh, and it made us made us speed up the tempo of that against a zone and put a little pressure on you. And I, I thought that was really good. Yeah, I love how you have uh, emphasis. I mean, you're, you're, I mean, it's not anything fancy that coaches. I think it's more like the the emphasis you're putting on certain things. Uh, and um, I love both of those examples, Coach. Coach, can you give me what is one like technology thing that you do within your program? I have, I have a friend of mine has designed what we call a practice planner live, which is a great it's a great software program. That's how I design my practices. Um, it's really simple, keeps everything organized. That's what I use. What is something you guys use there that uh, really helps uh, helps you run your uh, your program? Um, you know, one of the things that I that I did last year for the first time, well, we got these smart boards that the county gave us, and they have one down there in PE. And so I grabbed one of them smart boards and I had my practice plan up on that thing and I could roll it around the gym because I tend to lose my practice schedule normally during practice anyway. And I had, I had, I had, I had my manager over there with the whistle, with the time and the clock. And that was, that was, you know, much like I had in football when I played, played football in college was it was the same kind of thing that was organized that way. And I thought that really helped us uh, keep things organized because sometimes it's hard when you've got, when you've got limited gym space and I've got JV and varsity in there together. Sometimes it's hard to be as productive as you want and stay on, on the schedule. But I thought that really helped us. Yeah, for sure. Um, the smart boards are used. I, I know I use a lot of those um, and uh, they're valuable tools, man. You can show video, you can show clips, go back to practice. I mean, there, if you don't use a, a, that in your practice, I think you're, you're missing something. So, Jordan, I really appreciate you uh, sharing the Loganville way, man. I appreciate it. Uh, it's a great honor to be in the same region with you and so forth. I'm hoping to stay within 20, 30 points with you guys. Um, but I really appreciate it. You're definitely a treasure to our, our coaching profession. And um, uh, keep, uh, hey, keep working hard out there and so forth. Stay in contact. And hopefully we'll see you at the clinic coming up on September 12th. I'm looking. I'm looking forward to it. I appreciate you having me. And uh, as far as the winning by fifteen or twenty or whatever, I just don't want to be your five hundredth win. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> coach! Thank you so much, man. I appreciate it, and uh, good luck. Thanks for everything that you do. Yes, sir. Thank you, coaches. We are so excited to have Doctor Dish shooting machines, Dr. Dish Basketball, as our major gold sponsor of the Championship Vision podcast and the Ledges Clinic at The Grove coming up September 12, 2021. Dr. Dish Basketball is accelerating player performance with the most innovative game-like training solution available. 
allowing coaches and players to get better faster than ever before. By providing the most usable and advanced shooting machines, on-demand workouts, multiplayer stat tracking, and instant analytics, Dr. Dish Basketball has become the preferred source for basketball training with progressive coaches and players. Listeners of the podcast are eligible for exclusive discounts. Mention Championship Vision Podcast to your sales rep when you call in. For more information, visit drdishbasketball.com or call 952-873-2633. And remember, the Championship Vision Podcast and Dr. Dish Basketball is supporting the Legends at the Grove Clinic September 24th 2021 at Walnut Grove High School. Sign up now. Coaches, the Championship Vision Podcast is so proudly welcoming the Legends at the Grove Basketball Coaches Clinic on September 12th, 2021. This clinic is one of the best you're going to find. It's a super clinic of 10 of the best high school basketball coaches in the state of Georgia. It will run from 8 o'clock to 6 o'clock p.m. Let's talk about the great coaches that are going to be present and speaking and sharing their wisdom at the clinic. Gene Durden, eight-time Georgia High School Girls State Championship coach from Buford High School. Kobe Durden, his son, his assistant girls basketball coach at Buford High School. Jarrett Hunsinger. 2021 Missouri 4A Girls State Championship coach. Pete Acock, legendary Georgia high school basketball coach. Hilda Hankerson, 2021 Geico Girls National High School Coach of the Year from Westlake High School in Atlanta. Jesse McMillan, the 2011-2013 Georgia High School Boys State Championship coach from Norcross High School. Kathy Ritchie Walton, the 2008, 2009, 2010, 2012, and 2013 Georgia 4A State Championship girls basketball coach. Alan Whitehart, the 2021 Georgia Boys State Championship coach and participant at the Geico National Tournament out of Milton High School. Dr. Hal Wilson, Associate Professor of Coaching Education at Georgia Southern University. Sharman White, eight times Georgia High School Boys State Championship coach, also the U16 USA basketball coach. He coaches at Pace Academy in Atlanta, Georgia. Coaches, you can buy single session um, passes for this, or you can buy both uh, <clears throat> session passes. So if you are interested in coming to the clinic, please email me, Kevin Furtado at FurtadoK57 at gmail.com. That's F-U-R-T-A-D-O-K-57 at gmail.com. Or you can contact me at 478-461-4403. I will send you the easy registration link for you and your coaching staff. I have a special deal for your coaching staff. Uh, you can bring as many coaches as you want for $175. You get 10 of the best coaches in Georgia <clears throat> for such a great price. So, hey, we love to have you. I'll be promoting this on social media. Uh, please contact me for the Legends at the Grove. 
Basketball Coaches Clinic coming up September 12, 2021.